Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Nationals. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. On today's show, I'm going to talk a little free agency as we are now on the cusp of it. We're only a few days away as we sit here on Monday. We are only a few days away from free agency. Could the Nationals be doing anything? It's a little unlikely, but there is a name to watch out for, and he's kind of a familiar face here in Washington, D.C., and very familiar, honestly. And I truly think that there's a chance that we could bring someone back here, maybe make a little splash signing to kind of help the foundation of the team moving forward. Plus, the World Series has wrapped up, and I've got some thoughts on that. But before that, we're going to talk some free agency. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, thank you guys for tuning in today. It's much appreciated. And also, if you haven't given us a follow, give the count a follow at Twitter at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. And you can follow me on Twitter as well at RyanClary11. And so on today's show, like I was saying, I'm going to be talking a little bit of free agency. And there's one particular name that's really been getting at me to who I want to bring back. And like I said, it's a familiar face. And this is something to where, yes, we are in a rebuild. But just because you're in a rebuild doesn't mean you can't spend money. And that's something that the Nationals just haven't done over the last few years. Right now, I'm looking at the payroll for 2023. And right now, the Nationals sit 20th with a $63 million payroll. There's move. There's room for moves there. You could potentially make a little splash. I'm not talking about Aaron Judge. I'm not talking about any big-time starting pitcher. But who am I talking about? Josh Bell. Josh Bell is someone we traded here at the deadline alongside with Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres. Josh Bell, from all that I've heard, Josh Bell loved his time here in D.C. He loved the community aspect of it. He really grew into Washington, D.C., being his home base for his family and just a place where he wanted to be. Now, obviously, what are his priorities? Because that's also a big thing in this. And plus, he's a Scott Boris agent. So people are going to be clamoring for Josh Bell. Yeah, he had a rough time with the Padres, but we know what he can do. This is someone who was an all-star in 2019, and quite frankly, he should have been an all-star in 2022. And, And that's something that we could really get into because look about it. Just think. Josh Bell, when he was here in D.C. this year, was our best hitter this season. And Juan Soto is here, obviously. But it was a competition between him and Soto. And honestly, Soto was just not the typical Juan Soto that we see every day, at least for the Nationals. Obviously, in the Padres, he struggled mightily as well. But looking at Josh Bell's stats here, he batted 300 with us, a 384 on base percentage, and a 393 slugging percentage. And I'm looking at it here, his on-base percentage, he was getting on base at a higher rate than he's ever had in his career when he started here with the Nationals in 2022. This was his stint with the Nationals in 2022 
was the highest percentage that he's gotten on base as a professional. And you kind of see it with him. He's a streaky hitter. Some days he's not the best and he doesn't have the best pitch selection, but it's something that he's really worked on. I think Kevin Long last year in 2021, in the second half of that season, really kind of got that stretch going for him to where he was feeling more confident in his at-bats. He was feeling a little a little more swagger up there. He started the year in 2021 with COVID, and it was a really bad case of COVID from what I've heard. It's going to throw you off a little bit. It's going to throw off really your production of what you can do because we had high expectations for Josh Bell. In 2019, like I said, he was an all-star. In the COVID season in 2020, he had a really down year and just wasn't himself. Then again, that's a small sample size of, of only 57 games that he played in. Then in 2022, this year, he just really skyrocketed and really showed the potential of what he can be. Not only is he a great player, but he's a good guy to have in the clubhouse. He's a good face of an organization. And if you want to have trust and faith within the fan base and within the clubhouse, someone like Josh Bell is who you want to bring in to kind of mold the foundation of what you want to build moving forward. Because that is an important part of it. You know, I think back to 2011 when the Nationals kind of signed Jason Work to that huge contract out of nowhere, and everyone was kind of left scratching their heads because they were like, well, this isn't a good team right now. And we saw them in the back half of 2010 kind of take a turn. But he still wasn't – it wasn't like a, a move in hindsight to when we look at it. We were like, what were we doing? But obviously that all paid out. And then in 2012, Jason Worth ultimately helped us to an NLE's title and helped us a lot more after that, especially game four of 2012 in the NLDS when he hit that walk-off. And so this is a move to where it makes sense because you look at it, and and Josh Bell, you're familiar with him. The clubhouse knows him. They know what you're going to get out of him. The production is there, too. His numbers were up from really a lot of his career statistics in general. Uh, he struggled mightily in San Diego. And a lot of that, you know, it, it's tough going to from one of the worst teams in baseball to one of the better teams in baseball and having to produce. And there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of win now. We got to win right this second in San Diego. There's a lot of pressure on that. And plus, think about it. Padres really have no issue going to switching over Jake Cronenworth to first base or, or making switches around. They have the depth to make that happen. So they had no problem benching Josh Bell in the playoffs, having him come off the bench in a pitch hitting situation or just DH. I think he can provide more than that, but ultimately it's going to come down to who has the most coin because that's what Scott Boris does. And that's what he does amazingly, unfortunately, as we know that. And so I I think it's really an opportunity for this offseason to where put your money where your mouth is. Mike Rizzo and Ted Lerner, you want to spend money. You want to stay competitive. You want to sell the fan base that this is a retool and not a rebuild. Then you better spend money on it. Because quite frankly, this if you were just honest and said this is a rebuild and not a retool, because there is a difference between a rebuild and a retool. I'm going to get into that in a little bit here. 
But if you really want to sell that, that this is a retool, then the time to spend is now. This second. Because look at it. The teams in the World Series this year, they spent money. The Phillies, the Astros, they did that. I have it right here. The Phillies had the fourth highest payroll in baseball. The Astros had the ninth highest payroll in baseball. You have to spend to win. You have to. And I think if you're going to really sell this organization and this fan base that, like I was saying, that this is a retool rather than a rebuild, then you got to spend the money. Because the assets we have down in the minors, they these aren't win-now players. These are guys that we've kind of put lottery tickets on to where they can build off in three years from now. You might see Robert Hassel. Obviously, Cade Cavalli is already going to be in the majors opening day. Robert Hassel, what I was getting to, he, he won't be here until late 2023. And even then, that could even be a stretch at this point. He's coming off a broken hand that he suffered in the Arizona Fall League. He'll be fine for spring training. But then again, like I just don't see him making the call up next year. That's what the projections say on MLB Pipeline. But then again, those aren't always correct. That's not the Bible. So it, it'll be interesting, though, because you think about it. And what is there? Why? What's holding you back from this? You can trade someone like Josh Bell in a package with Juan Soto, but it doesn't mean you can't re-sign him in the offseason. Everyone was clamoring to get an extension with Josh Bell, but also a lot of people weren't thinking that Scott Boris was also his agent. So that was just never going to happen. But then again, Josh Bell loved it here. He was saying time and time again how he loved this place and he wanted to be here. He thought he could win here. And I, I, I this is something to where I... I preach on, by the way, because SpotTrack, SpotTrack.com specifically, you can look at it and they'll give you a kind of a market value of free agents and kind of what they think they could do. And they're pretty correct when it, when it comes when they usually nail it right down uh, for what it is. And right now they have a market value of four years, 73 million, which is 18 and a half million dollars annually to Josh Bell. And that would add on to their payroll in 2023 and that would get them to about 18th in baseball which even then that's still kind of despicable for a top 10 market in baseball you've got the money why aren't you spending it you're kind of holding everyone hostage here really yeah this is a rebuild and i've clamored on it that i think tanking works and obviously if you really want to tank then you're not going to be spending the money but these are their words, not mine. This is a retool rather than a rebuild. And if it was really a rebuild, or a retool rather, then you'd be spending the money on Josh Bell. And you'd be spending to do that immediately in my mind. Because that's something you should do, and you should have no issue dishing that money out. So we'll see what they do when that time comes. But ultimately, I want to tell you guys about my friends over at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. What I do, I always check out BetOnline 
and see all their analytics on teams that I can bet on for an NFL Sunday. What you should do, you should just look it up, look up betonline.net and look up all the analytics that they have, and they're going to put money in your pockets, figuratively speaking. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. And so now... And so now I just really want to get into this rebuild versus retool. Because I've kind of been dancing around this topic for a while now. I've plugged it a lot. I've talked about it a lot, as you know. Because it really just kind of strikes me. And it really just kind of itches at me. When Mike Grizzo said that this is a retool, I think there's a big difference between a retool and a rebuild. In a rebuild, you don't have someone to build around. And when you're rebuilding, you're trying to look for someone to have that foundation of in the where you're building around. Like, say, for example, 2019. After 2018, we lose Bryce Harper. You have, obviously, Juan Soto on the cusp of breaking out after a 2018 season that was ultimately ridiculous. And so he was an easy plug-and-play there. But then again... He knew he had more holes to fill after that 2018 season. Davey Martinez didn't have the stuff. You went at that 2019 deadline. You traded for Daniel Hudson. Uh, you made moves all over the place. Obviously, Ronis Elias, that we traded for the, <laughs> for the Seattle Mariners. That ultimately never worked out, but he was another guy who was going to help in the bullpen. And then ultimately, we signed Patrick Corbin because we knew we needed that lefty dominant pitcher to where he could come in and close the door on a dominant left-handed division, really, in the NL East. You have to go against Freddie Freeman. You're going to have to go against Bryce Harper. Those are two guys right there that are just game wreckers in themselves. And so he needed to go out there and get that lefty for when eventually you were to meet those guys and as well as all the others in the National League and really just dominate that. And so he did that. And that's what looks, that's what a retool looks like, in my opinion, to where you're, you are, you don't have, or you already have a foundation to build around, but now you're just looking for the tools around them. You've already got all the engines. Now you're just looking for the nuts and the bolts. And so that's what it really comes down to in my mind. Like, can this Nationals team sell us on a retool versus a rebuild? Well, if we were retooling, then I would ask you, who are you building around? And that's something I would love to ask Mike Rizzo as well. Who would it? But think of that to yourself for a second. Who are you retooling around? Who is the foundation that's holding up this fort in, in place? Joey Manessis? Victor Robles? Uh, banged up Steven Strasburg that we don't even know who will pitch again? Patrick Corbin? Josiah Gray? There's a lot of questions. C.J. Abrams? The really only thoughtful answer you could give and thought-provoking answer to even think about it would be C.J. Abrams. But even then, he's a 22-year-old and he just turned 22. And you can't build around him. 
You just can't. That's not doable at this point of where he is at his career. He's a young guy. He's still developing. He's part of the rebuilding process. And now what does a rebuilding process look like? It screams whatever we are doing right now in this organization. When you trade away Juan Soto, Josh Bell, you have a fire sale in 2021 trading Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, and really anyone that wasn't on contract after that season. And it doesn't really make sense because in the 2021 deadline, just a month before that, the Nationals were only two and a half games out of first place in the NL East. So it kind of left a lot of people scratching their heads, but ultimately it was the right decision to do. You needed to pull the ripcord on the season and on the team. And in 2022, did we do that? No, we didn't have the fire sale that we thought we could have had. You could have traded Cesar Hernandez. You could have traded Nelson Cruz. You could have traded Carl Edwards Jr., Kyle Finnegan. Name them. You could have traded them. And there was also a a trade floating around about sending Patrick Corbin for Marcelo Zuna. And that would have been a groundbreaking trade, I can tell you that. But I've already hashed that out on this. I wouldn't have done that trade knowing Marcelo Zuna's history and really just what he does in general. And so that's why I get why they didn't make that move because the Corbin deal is an awful contract and as well as Marcelo Zuna. And you can make a great argument that Ozuna probably shouldn't be playing right now. But that's beside the point. If this is a rebuild or if this is a retool, I ask you, Mike Rizzo, what are you building around? What pieces are in place to where you can say that with a straight face but not get it done? Because that's what keeps irking me. I'm not going to lie. Keeps itching at me. But now I want to get into a little more of the World Series as that wrapped up just two days ago, and it was an exciting series. But before I get to that, Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the date, from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, the Houston Astros took home the World Series. I'm not going to I'm not going to toot my own horn here. But this is the first time in my life that I have correctly predicted a winner and stated the games that they would win in and then also predicted the MVP. This will never happen again in my entire life. I am not good at this predicting cuz I like to get cute and I like to pick the unpredicted guy. I like to pick the underdog. That's just who I am. I like the underdog and I've always rooted for the underdog. And a lot of people would say, well, Jeremy Pena, the World Series MVP, he's not an underdog. He's broke out into the scene. You're right. But think about it. He already won the ALCS MVP. What are the odds that he was going to win the World Series MVP? With Alex Bregman, Justin Verlander, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel when he was healthy, Framber Valdez. There's a ton of names to be thrown out there who could potentially win or, or Chaz McCormick and really the way he burst onto the scene. There's a lot of options to pick from. A ton, quite frankly. But Jeremy Pena, 
This kid is electric, and I can't get enough of him. And again, I, I don't. I, I said a couple episodes ago, I said he was a 22-year-old, and that was just flat out wrong. I don't know what I was thinking when I said he was a 22-year-old. He's 25 years old, but he was a third-round pick out of the University of Maine. And his older father played for the St. Louis Cardinals growing up. This is someone who was actually born in the Dominican Republic and moved over to the States and went to school up here and played baseball at the University of Maine, which is not known for its baseball program. I've never heard of a professional athlete from the University of Maine, quite frankly. But he burst onto the scene. He did. And, and you know what? It was ha- It was just a happy feeling. Because I know all Major League Baseball, it's the fun thing to do to hate on the Astros. And I, I just, I don't, I don't like that. Because one, they didn't, in my mind, they didn't hurt me. We beat them when they were cheating. And that's why everyone hates them already. But even then, they're a dynasty now. And so they're the easy team to pick on. Jose Altuve is kind of the easy. Everyone can say Jose Albuve, like instead of Altuve because they boo him. I don't know why I explain that. You got the point. And that's just kind of annoying. It gets a little old just hate on them just to hate on them and besides how, how who doesn't want dusty baker to win it all and i know there's a lot of people who including me who definitely question his pitching decision throughout the postseason but then again it, it just it takes a little luck too sometimes you don't know when if you like for example rob thompson pulled out zach wheeler in game six and was that the right decision? He was at about 75 to 80 pitches. He pulled them and he went to Alvarado, their stud lefty, to go against Jordan Alvarez. And guess what? Jordan Alvarez hit a three-run home run to take a two or three-to-one lead. Was that the right decision? I don't know. But ultimately, in hindsight, you look back at it now, and now a lot of people are saying, well, you should have stuck with Wheeler. And, and yeah, like I get that argument. But then again, it's a tough argument to be made because you don't know what would have happened. And the analytics say to where that's when you pull Wheeler out. You go, this is a do-or-die situation. You need your lefty specialist in there to go against one of the best hitters in baseball and who's a home run threat each and every time he steps up to that plate. So they had to make a decision. It wasn't an easy decision to make for Rob Thompson and his staff. But they made the decision to go to one, excuse me, to go to one of the most reliable arms out of their bullpen. And it didn't work out. And it sucks. Actually, it doesn't. I don't feel too bad for them, but I know there's a lot of people out there rooting for the Phillies. It seemed like 99% of America was. I was part of the 1% that was not rooting for the for the Phillies. You will never catch me rooting for a Philadelphia team. It's just in my blood. I'm not going to root for them. And then on the other hand, for Bryce Harper, for ev- everyone who says, this is one in particular, to where I have arguments with my friends about all the damn time. Is Bryce Harper better than Juan Soto? And this is a stupid argument to make, but I'm all in for stupid. I'm really good at being stupid. Now I can say, well, 20-year-old 20, 20 Juan Soto put the team on its back in 2019, and he won a World Series. Did Bryce Harper do that? Eesh. 
Mm, dang it, you didn't. Ah, that sucks. Ooh, you didn't beat Houston in Houston? Mm. You didn't come back from a 3-2 deficit? Oh, God, that sucks. Now, I, I would hate to know it. Uh, yeah. Didn't another team do that? Didn't another team come back from a 3-2 deficit down in Houston? I don't know. Leave it in the comments section if you're watching on YouTube. Let me know if there was ever a team that came back down from 3-2 to two in Houston. Because I can't think of one. I, I just can't. It, it's not coming to me. But then again, I'm happy for Dusty Baker. I'm happy for him. This is well-deserved. And this is someone to where he spent 2016 and 2017 here. He went back-to-back NLEs titles. But really, ultimately, his a lot of his philosophies in baseball has kind of put him in a situation to where he hasn't won the World Series yet. But unlike this World Series, he pressed all the right buttons in all the right situations. And he led the Houston Astros alongside with that loaded lineup, by the way, to a World Series championship. And I could not be happier for Dusty Baker. I could not be. And so I'm so glad to see it. He deserves it. And it was great for the game of baseball to have Dusty Baker win. Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, that'll do it for me today. You enjoy your Monday, and I will be talking to you the rest of the week. Keep on listening. Give the show a follow at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed on YouTube, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow myself on Twitter as well at RyanClary11. I always appreciate a little insight on what you want to hear or maybe what you don't want to hear. So let me know. But ultimately, thank you for tuning in and making us your first listen every day.